Listen up, sports bettors. Your favorite sports book, BetUS, is back for our 29th year of sports action. With the industry's biggest sign-up bonus, up to 125%, BetUS offers our members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite sports, including the NFL, UFC, MLB, NBA, and the NHL. If you're looking for live in-game betting, incredible odds with daily odds boosters, props, and parlays, we've got them. How about fast payouts and exceptional one-on-one customer service? We got that too. Go to the Buck and Boomer Twitter page. Click on the link in our profile or on the pinned tweet at the top. Bet US, where the games begin. Shut up and sit down. Welcome in, little boomers, to another episode of And Boomer. That's right. We are bucketless again. So I guess I'll just sit here and do an episode all by myself tonight because... Oh, no, wait. Who's that in the background? I'm not Kyle. I'm not Kyle. Oh, am not. How you doing, big booner, Zach? What's up, buddy? I uh, just, you know, spent the last week watching some late night BJs. Dude, uh, how... How draining was that? Uh, realistically, I sleep on an old man's schedule, and I watched one of them. Dude, I stayed up, and I watched all four games. And somehow made it to work three of the four days, and then tried to recover Sunday. It was, it was rough. A lot of coffee, a lot of tea, a lot of sugar and caffeine and a lot of bad health choices. <laughs> yeah. I mean the Monday night game, we had just finished recording right before that started. And I mean, if you guys listened to last week, I was a little too sauced to fucking make it anywhere past that game. But, yeah. Do we have a, we doing an over under tonight? Uh, no, we're keeping it calm tonight. <laughs> yeah. Last week, uh, that Monday night game, you know, recording going right up to start time, that was the easiest one to stay up for. Uh, Wednesday night, you're at the middle of the week, but it was a 9.30 start, so it wasn't as bad. But uh, trying to finish your week out on a Friday and then the game not starting until 10, that was that one was a little brutal to stay up all the way through. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the results in a minute. But then Saturday, you know, just – didn't do much all day Saturday and just kind of waited around till the game started. And sure enough, went exactly the way I thought it would and made a lot of money on it. Lost a lot of money this week, too. I actually, I came out ahead. I, I really did. I, but I made a lot of dumb bets. I could have won a lot more. But, uh, you know, when you show up to a NFL playoff game with a makeshift Dollar Tree offensive line. Probably should have known better than to put my money on that team. Yeah, and I mean, when you bet on a sure thing with two of the highest scoring players in the league playing against you, and then you know how that went. Fucking. Yeah, yeah it happens, though. It happens. So, not a lot going on next week. We're uh, looking at one game. And then a 
big old break for the All-Star game. So let's do a little recap on what happened this week. We'll take a look at tomorrow night's game, and then uh, we'll just kind of have a little free-for-all here at the end. So let's just hop right into the week it was. Monday night, January 23rd, our beloved Columbus Blue Jackets had a 4-3 to overtime loss to the Calgary Flames. And I will always and forever refer to them as Calgary just because I heard it once and I find it hilarious. So what do you take away from that game? I mean, do we really want to go through it? Uh, Canada's not real. Um, <laughs> Marchenko had a weird goal where he shot it off the goalie's ass cheek and went in, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I mean, Olivier got into another fight. Yeah, let's let's just start there. Let's talk about the Olivier fight. Olivier decided to drop the gloves while his third game in a row fighting and may have bit off a little bit more than he could chew this time with the uh, seasoned veteran Milan Lucic. What did you think about the, the beating that Olivier <laughs> took on that one? There, yeah, there were some hard swings. I mean, Lucic is heavy-handed, and uh, I, I think there was somebody else on our roster who's fought once this season that could have probably done a little bit better with that. Yeah, I yeah. was, uh, I was getting on him later in the week too. I mean, we'll talk about that when we get farther on in. But you know, obviously, this proves that Olivier is not scared to drop the gloves with anyone. I mean, no. Milan Lucic is a grizzled veteran known for the ability to whoop people's asses and he didn't even hesitate. And but I mean, if you want to talk we, first, before and we continue, guess who just hopped in here? Hello, motherfuckers. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> it's, the, it's the Swiss mister, Michael Neff. Le Swiss miss. We, 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 hello everybody. How's it going? Oh, What's up, just, buddy? Uh, just hopping into the Calgary game, talking about, uh, Olivier biting off a little bit more than he could chew this week. Oh, that was brutal. Holy shit, dude. Lucic, ah, man. Dude, can we just say Olivier has big brass ones for even trying to attempt that? Holy shit, man. That takes some yeah, big, I mean, big that balls. Was, that was, yeah, that was three games in a row that he dropped the gloves. Yeah, and in the words of Torts, kids got balls. Yeah, he, as big as the building. Yeah, that was wild. That was the, I think that was the highlight of the game. Although we weren't as bad as I I had uh, I had hoped we would be. No, the trip was surprisingly decent. Yeah, I mean overall, I mean, had... I mean we we all predicted zero points, eight possible points. We predicted zero, and they had three in the first two games. Right. It was crazy. And and Johnny was on a I, I'm not sure if you touched on it already, but holy shit, he was motivated. He was zooming yes, around was. like like he was twenty two years old. That was great. Yeah, drew that uh, penalty shot to start the game. And how many of us had Gaudreau first goal scorer in that game? Oh I did. Oh I did. I, I did. I was praying that fucking penalty shot went in. Oh, yeah. But going over that game, we'll just do a real quick recap. Uh, game started off. There are guys on here that I've never heard of. Anybody ever heard of Walker? Yeah, I, how do you pronounce that last name? Doer? I think so. 
Yeah, don't do Thier. I I don't fucking know. So to answer your yeah. question, no. Yeah. So good old R Texas Walker Ranger Chuck Norris's son. I don't know. He got the scoring started at the sixteen eighteen point, giving Calgary a one nothing lead. Uh, after the intermission, ninety two seconds into the second period, Kadri gets his nineteenth goal of the season, putting Calgary up two nothing. And then Krill Marchenko decides that he just isn't going to get assists and scores another goal, which was his 10th on the season, bringing the Blue Jackets to a 2-1. That was uh, led into Patrick Line, what, 46 seconds later, tying it up 2-2. Both those goals on the power play, something we do not say a lot. And then Andrew Mangiapani gets his 10th of the year, giving Calgary a 3-2 lead. Boone Jenner ties it up at 434. We go into overtime, feeling pretty good about ourselves until Dylan Dubé scores in overtime at 225 and giving Calgary a 4-3 to win. Uh, some notes from that game. We were outshot 49-25. to We lost the faceoff circle 58% to 42. The Flames outhit us 17-11. to We did have more block shots, 21 to 12. And like I said, two for four on the power play. Flames were 0 for 2. Corpy was in net, 45 of 49 saves for a 918. Looking at so those numbers, you, it sounds like we should have lost by a lot more. So are you saying Corpy stole the game? Because I'm definitely saying Storpy called Storpy called that game. Great. I can't even talk anymore. But <laughs> Due to Corpy, dude, like seriously, he had a hell of a night. And um, I don't think without him, they would have had a chance uh, to even sniff a point. No, he, he single-handedly brought them a point that game. He, I mean, outside of our power play deciding to work, uh, Corpy is the only reason we stayed in that game. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say earlier. I mean, we were talking about the Olivier fight, but you want to talk bruised and battered. 49 shots on the same tendy in one game. Goddamn. Not only, dude, not only that, I was 49 shots on goal, and we had 21 block shots. Dude, that's 70 shots. Right. And I, so I switched to the Calgary broadcast after the first period, and they. They were making fun that Corpizala was getting tired already, like because he was peppered with shots. He's gonna like, he's gonna get cramps and he's gonna need a nap in the second intermission. It was, <laughs> but he was on fire, man. Give that man whatever he needed. He played out of his mind that night. In, yeah, in the I mean, was, I saw a stat. Maybe it was a different game, but I thought it was this game. But like. Now, we're going to talk about that in the Vancouver game where he was really, really good five-on-five. Five. All the goals came on the power play or shorthanded. Yeah, he, uh, he's he been playing lights out recently, which isn't really good right now because trade deadline's coming up, million-dollar salary, and a goalie that's on a heater. Kind of shows direction. Yeah, it sucks. Well, but it's you got a meet and greet. Yeah, that's that's right for you and, and Shannon. It sucks, but for our draft stock, 
it might just be the best thing that happens. Don't get me wrong, I don't want to see Corby leave because I still think he's the better goalie than Elvis, especially right now. So if I had to choose one well, of them, it's definitely Corby. But um, he might be on the way, man. Well, let me ask you this, guys. I mean, his his trade stock like just plummeted last year with the horrible season and the injuries. And I mean, he just, we all can admit he did not have a good year last year, but this year coming back from the surgery and getting worked back in slow and just getting better and better and stronger and stronger as the season has went on. What is his trade value now? Cause originally they were asking for like a second and a fifth. Where's it at now? Yeah. It's, it's always tough with goaltenders. Um, trade stock with goalies is normally never that high to begin with. I would probably put it at a third rounder, second rounder at the max probably right now. Um, maybe if some more goalies get injured and the goalie market gets really tight, then if we can dream and wish for something, maybe, maybe a first, but that's a long stretch. So I'm saying second rounder at the at the optimum and probably a third rounder. Yeah, he, uh, Neff's got a point there. Goalies normally do not move during the trade deadline. Goalies are normally a, uh, off season exchange. But when you look at teams that are somewhat moving into that playoff spot that really need that goaltender assurance, especially on a contract like that, like the Kings specifically, uh, you Kings could be looking at not only the Kings, what about Edmonton? I mean, how, yeah, Oilers. how are they yeah. feeling with, I mean, Jack Campbell got $5 million a year because he was supposed to be the guy and Stuart Skinner's just taking his job this year. We, we know all about that, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm with Neff here, probably like a second and a fourth. Yeah, Cause I mean, realistically, if you need a goalie going to the playoffs, there's really probably only two you're looking at that are available. And that's going to be Corpus Allo and then, uh, what is it? Big Melka in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are probably the two, two names you're looking for going into playoffs. Um, I don't think Corpy is being looked at as a starter going into playoffs. I guess it depends on who you're talking to, but he's definitely that veteran backup that can, come in if you need him in a pinch and take over if needed. Yeah, and I mean, you you mentioned it earlier. Everybody was shitting on Corby, how bad he was and that he's not an NHL goalie and all that fucking bullshit. I always had his back because it clearly shows that he wasn't playing healthy and that's why he was dog shit. And he was, to be honest. But people forgot oh, yeah. that he was, a, he was an all-star man. He was a legit all-star. Yes, he was. And he still is. Like, the way he's playing right now, he's he's upping his trade stock. Maybe if we got lucky to a second rounder. And I still hope he stays. But wherever he goes, I sure wish the guy the best because he's a fucking awesome dude. Yeah, he's one of them guys that I'll root for no matter where he ends up. Just a genuine dude that I've loved watching play over the last half dozen years or so. so well, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and move forward to our Edmonton game. Wednesday, January 24th, the Blue Jackets go into Edmonton and win 3-2 in overtime. All right, who saw that coming? My <laughs> bank account didn't. Nobody. 
absolutely nobody. Like, if you're saying you you believed that the Jackets could win this game, you're a fucking liar. Dude, we talked about McDavid's stat line leading into this game. 40, what was it, 40 goals, 48 assists, 88 yeah. points in 48 games. And we kept him off the score sheet, dude. Yeah. Not many teams do that, right? No, they don't. He averages two points a game. Like, holy crap. Anyway, our Blue Jackets got the scoring started at 1225 in the first when Boone Jenner scored. Then it was answered halfway through the second by Derek Ryan tying the game one-to-one. Zach Hyman has 25 goals. 25 yeah, goals. Wow. He's, he's, been, he's been on a heater. Yep. Yeah, Zach Hyman gets his 25th at 16-16 into the second period, giving Edmonton a 2-1 lead. And then Kirill Marchenko, who is really starting to heat up, gets his 11th of the season halfway through the third, tying at 2-2. And then Kent Johnson makes a nasty move halfway through the overtime period, sealing the deal and giving the Blue Jackets a 3-2 overtime victory in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I just was baffled watching that game. Dude, me too. Like, they, they played so well defensively. Their structure was just... I don't know why they can't put a game plan together like that every single game. Well, I do know it. The answer is probably because uh, Larson is a shit coach. Um, but I digress. <laughs> so, um, they played really well in their structure, it seemed. Um, they took care of not only McDavid, but also Dreisaitl really well and then um ken johnson didn't have the best of games but man he was on fire in that overtime and i mean that that kid he was poised to score that goal and you are absolutely absolutely right that move was nasty yeah he used he used their defender and our own player as a screen and just blew it by the goalie yeah, and that overtime line was uh, what was that? Kent Johnson, Marchenko, and Blankenberg. So was it was it Blankenberg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yep, yep. yep. Pretty sure. It, it yeah, was the youngin. Yeah, but in that game, I mean, we were outshot thirty-six to twenty-seven. We lost the face-off dot fifty-six to forty-four. Now we did out-hit them thirty-two to nineteen. Uh, we led in block shots 24 to 20. We were 0 for 2 on the PP. Edmonton was 1 for 1 on their only attempt. Corpion net again saves 34 of 36 for a 944. Once again, just another solid night from Corpy, who may have possibly won save of the year on dry sidle. Wow, that was nasty. That was really fucking nasty. That that safety and and that game too. I watched that on the um, on the Oilers broadcast. Uh, side note here, I do that first of all um, because I can't stand Rimmer anymore. He should retire. He's past his prime and it fucking pisses me off. And secondly, like it's always really good. Mark Scheich always makes this point that you learn a lot about the Jackets from a different perspective when you listen to other broadcasters. So I did that there too. And man, they were salivating over corpus safe there that was amazing that was definitely that's in the running for for safe of the year has to be right yeah dude completely spread eagle takes it off the pad 
and as he tips it off the pad, he snatches it with the glove and just freaking just spread eagle lays on the ice like holy shit, I got that. Phenomenal. Yeah, and with all the ticket with all the ticket sales in this bad season, they're going to be able to put Rimmer in a really nice nursing home. <laughs> that that will be good. I mean, dude, he can stay and work and, and do like events or stuff like that, but on the call when it's that fast, it's just fucking terrible. How many times has, has dude, like called every, Corby Elvis? Every player comes down the ice. Yeah, I mean, when you listen to Rimmer anymore, every player's coming down the ice with speed and they're taking a shot from a sharp angle. That's all you hear for 60 minutes. With speed, it's from a sharp angle. And Jody, you can, see, you can see Jody's just getting sick and tired of it too. Oh, yeah, he's calling him out now and um, he's getting frustrated and it's like, no, no, Jeff, that's not right. It's hilarious, but hey, yeah. I yeah, I, I encourage everybody to every once in a while, if not all the time, like just switch the broadcast um, for those away games. It also tells you how good Jody Shelley is. Like he is the polar opposite of Rimmer because he's really fucking good at his job. And that's why the NHL Network brings Jody Shelley in to cover games from time to time, and not Jeff Rimmer. And I don't think it's that Rimmer's bad at his job. I think he's just starting to lose it a bit on the memory end of things. Yeah, I think it's the quickness, right? The, the quickness that you got to have when you... I mean, I couldn't do the job. Don't get me wrong. There's no fucking chance I could do it. But I realize I couldn't. And I think he's trying to hang on too hard. But you're absolutely right, Zach. I think the quickness that you got to have, that's, that's, that's missing now, unfortunately. Because he was good at one point. Let's not forget that. Oh, yeah. When he first came up here, he was phenomenal. I mean, he was in his prime. He He's not anymore. He but when Jody, yeah, when Jody's got to sit beside him and feed him Jello, it. Sit beside <laughs> him, feeding, feeding him Jello with a plastic spoon. <laughs> it's feeding okay, Grandpa. I'll just make it through this. Just feeding him with a slingshot, like, die, die. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, man. your iPhone doesn't have a home button anymore. <laughs> but no, I mean, let's let's just get back to this game as a whole. Yeah. I mean, we saw we saw him play a decent game in Calgary, and stat wise, we were on the wrong side of everything. But it felt like we should have won that Calgary game, which ultimately, in Blue Jacket fashion, prepared me for an ultimate letdown going into this game. Cause that's usually what we do. We'll put one good game out there and we'll take an L and then they just don't show up the next night, but they came out and not only did they come out and show up, like they took it to the Oilers. And like you said earlier, Zach, obviously, you know, people's bank accounts took a hit because no one in their right mind thought the Oilers were going to lose that game. But just from an overall team standpoint, Definitely the best game of the road trip. Possibly one of the best away games outside of the what New York Rangers game this year. Definitely yeah, just five one. one of the best team effort road games I've seen from this team all season. 100%. And um, who would have thought that after two away games in Alberta, we would, sitting, we would be sitting there with three points? I mean – that's just insane. Uh, but you're absolutely right. I would also put this away game in the top three, um, if not top two. I I don't know. But it's so funny. They we 
we know they can. Like they show us that they can play the game and they can pull it together, but they just can't do it consistently, which still tells me that they're tanking. Um, because I mean, why wouldn't you do that just every single game? It sounds so easy, right? Right. But games like this give you a glimpse of what they can do, and it does give you that hope. But then you have a game like you did in Vancouver, and then all the hope's gone again. So yeah, yeah. speaking it's, of it's, hope being gone in Vancouver, let's just jump into the Vancouver game. <laughs> do we uh, have to? Well, I I made a little we'll bit make, back on this one. We'll, we'll make yeah, because this can was just, uh, the, can, this can was just, one of my degenerate corner sing? picks of the week. Bruce, there it is. Bruce, there it is. <laughs> oh, so Friday, January 27th, our beloved Blue Jackets roll into Vancouver, coming off that overtime win against Connor McJesus, and they throw up a 5-2 L. Elias Pettersson scored a minute 25 into the first period, shorthanded. Not even 90 seconds, boys. 85 seconds in, we're on the PP and give up a goal. And that's when hell? we all knew. That's when we all knew. Oh, they're back. <laughs> the tank's back right that's away. What we, that's right. what we thought. But 43 seconds later on that same PP that we gave up a shorthanded goal, Kirill Marchenko scores his 12th well, goal of the season to tie at 1-1. We're 208 still- in. It's 1-1 with a shorty and a PP. And Marchenko still doesn't have an assist, which is hilarious, nope. right? So, nope. But I, I think, hey, you, you recover from a brutally shitty start, right? So you give, a, you give away that shorty and then you get it back immediately. So you would think, hey, cool. Now we got a chance. We can play a little free. I mean, we, we got away with one, but nope. 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 Because yeah. then... Quinn Hughes scores on the PP at 13-21, putting Vancouver up 2-1, followed by Ilya Mikheyev. Is that how you say it? You nailed that one. Yes. Yeah, look at me go. He scores at 19-15, or as we like to say in Blue Jackets land, during the last minute of the period, putting him up 3-1. So after being down 3-1, we all know what's happening in the second period, right? Once again, we'd all be wrong again on this trip because nobody scored in the second period. 20 minutes of the most boring hockey I've ever seen in my life, which we finally get through that, and then an 18-minute intermission going into the third. Dakota Joshua scores his eighth of the season, putting Vancouver up 4-1, and then Pedersen scores his second of the night at 12.52, making it 5-1, once again scoring on the power play. Kirill Marchenko gets his second of the night at 16.52 to make it 5-2 on the power play. Once again, no assists, so he's now 13-0-13, only three off the record. And this game ends 5-2, final. We get outshot 34-26. We lose the faceoff dot 60-40. We get outhit 28-22. Block shots 10 apiece. We're two for four on the power play. So is Vancouver. Corpion net for the third game in a row on this trip. 29 of 34 saves. 
gave up a shorty and two power play goals. So only two even strength goals. And they let him out to dry. They they let him out to dry there too a little bit. I mean, um, Corpy, yeah, it wasn't maybe his best game, but it wasn't all too bad either. Um, but they definitely let him out to dry. Um, the funniest thing about this game was had nothing to do with with the actual game, but at the end of the game when it was clear that the Canucks were gonna win. Uh, with their yeah. new coach, Rick, Rick Talkett, behind the bench, the Canucks fans, hilarious as ever, thought it was a good idea to start chanting, Bruce, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I cracked up. I loved that. That was fantastic. But other than um, that, no, not many highlights, right? No, this is one of the ones. Yeah. Burn the tape on to the next game. We got to play again in 24 hours. This was just, this was what I thought the whole road trip would be. And, and yet another random team booing Johnny Goodrell. Like they yeah, went through the two. That? That's two Boudreaux things that happened for them in a week. I think that Three. was trolling, right? That must have been trolling. I, I think okay. they were just in a good mood. Right. I understand Calgary's going to boo him. That's just going to happen. He, he walked away. And I can even understand Edmonton booing him because the battle of Alberta and, you know, they've, seen Johnny Gaudreau for years doing his thing in Calgary. So they don't like him anyway. So I can understand even Edmonton to, to an extent booing him. What the fuck's Vancouver booing him for? I mean, this is just yeah. like when the Islanders booed him, like, you know, he wasn't ever coming there. He's not a rival. I mean, what the fuck are you guys doing? I mean, he played for Calgary, right? Which is the battle of Alberta. They're, they're brutal rival, blah, blah, blah. I think this was a trolling job by the by the Canucks fans. I think they just did this. You know what? He's been booed everywhere. We might as well get in on that booing train. That's that. That's we should rename him to Johnny Boudreaux now. Actually, subjectively named their last pod Johnny Boudreaux. Yeah, that's I stole that from Jeremy and Laura straight up. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was just I don't know. That one that one kind of baffled me because you know he was never never in on them or whatever. But another weird thing that happened after this game was uh the Vancouver Canucks put Peterson on waivers and we claimed him. So we picked up a center. Do you do you think he rode or rode the plane with the with the Blue Jackets after the game? Because I I think he probably did. They're like, hey, buddy, you're with us now. Come on, fly with us. Ah, well, they didn't put him on waivers till the next morning. Right, right. I mean, they put him on waivers, and then the claims don't come out until noon, right? But they they know before. Um, it's just that's an interesting question. So. I don't know. He might have he might have been with with the Blue Jackets from Vancouver to on the journey to Seattle already, and I'm not even sure if they flew, fly that or if they actually take a. Or maybe uh, the next morning they just send him to Seattle, and then he made the flight home back to Columbus with us. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> then again, it's just another French and Yeah, I mean, looking at his stat lines, I mean. I, I think this was just a guy with C beside his position. And after losing Nyquist, uh, who went on the IR, that uh, they're like, well, hey, here's a 
here's a healthy body with a pulse that can play center. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, cheap. He's only like what seven hundred fifty. The the Buffalo special. Yeah, I think he's either fresh off either a suspension or a heavy fine because he was the one that boarded the shit out of Nemestikov like two weeks ago in Tampa. Oh, was he? Yeah, that, that was him. That makes me feel a little better. Because I'll be honest with you, <laughs> I knew nothing about this guy. I saw the name and I was like, Elias Patterson. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> yeah, he's another one of those great players. He's just a shit starter. Uh, but so as far a, as play goes, he's, he's a just a fringe NHLer. Uh, yeah. Um, I'd compare I, him more to like Ryan Dezingle if Ryan Dezingle was a forward. Ryan Dezingle is a <laughs> Ryan Dezingle is not a hockey player. State. That's true. Ryan Dezingle when he was at a high state. He's a, he's yeah. a little crybaby bitch, is what he is. That's right. Um, I I didn't know anything about Lane Peterson either, Boom. So I'm totally with you. But hey, if he doesn't pan out in in Columbus, then maybe he's a, he's gonna be a really good AHLer because we keep on forgetting that the the monsters have been deprived of players too. So we'll see. He's gonna get his chance probably here. Um, tomorrow is our next game, right? So. I think we'll probably see him um, because he's got to be on the roster for a little bit before they can send him down after being claimed, I think. So I, I may, maybe we got lucky for once. I don't know. I don't know. I was listening to 32 Thoughts today, and Friedman seems to like the guy. Now, the guy's been bounced around. He's been a part of a bunch of different trade packages and thought he found a home in Vancouver, and then Vancouver thought they were going to slip him through on waivers, and we claimed him. So – Friedman seems to think that he was a nice little steal. It and also I could have been Elliot. known. Oh, go ahead. Nice. And I trust what Elliot Friedman says. That man knows a lot more about hockey than we do. Yeah. I was going to say it also could have been known that he was going on waivers. I mean, it was kind of a letdown because Yarmo spent the last three games watching Vancouver play. So, uh, all that for. Lane Peterson. But. Yeah, maybe he saw something they liked because obviously we weren't obviously we weren't getting Bo Horvat, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, so he if, if, we, if, if Peterson was suspended, he didn't see Peterson either, right? Well, no, he played against us. He registered registered one shot on goal. All right, okay. I, you see, I didn't even notice that. No idea. Yeah, I did a little research. That's all I could find. <laughs> yeah, the Nemestikov thing was two weeks ago. Okay. Well, after our Vancouver game, just curious because this was one of my picks of the week in Degenerate Corner last week. Did either of you take me up on that and make any money on that game? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. I think I think I had like 150 on the Vancouver money line or something like that. Nice. So you I mean, had money, I mean, money and puck line, right? Uh, no, my puck line is Seattle. Yeah. That, that puck line Seattle game, that one was huge for me. So speaking of the Seattle game, the very next night we fly into Seattle or drive into Seattle or however we get into Seattle, and we lose to the Seattle Kraken 3-1. to one. Morgan Geeky started the scoring in the first period at the 840 mark, putting them up one nothing. And then 
Alex Winberg, somebody called that, scores his 10th goal of the season at 8.33. Well, I wrote something down wrong. I got those backwards. Anyway, Winberg scores, puts him up two to nothing. <laughs> and then Kent Johnson, who continues to get better and better each week, gets his 10th goal of the season. Going into the 1850, what, 1858 mark of the second. And then, oh boy, here's a name I'm going to just screw up. Tolvanen. Tolvanen, yes. Tolvanen. Okay, you're he gets doing, his. You're doing, you're I'm doing getting better. Good tonight. Yeah. I'm getting better. Yeah, he just got claimed he, off waivers earlier this season. So he gets from his 10th Carolina, this season. Carolina, right? Yes, that's where he came from. So he got his 10th of the season, making the score three to one. And that's your final. We were outshot 31 to 25. We won the faceoff circle 55 to 45. Seattle out hit us 15 to 12. CBJ led 15 14 on blocks. We were 0 for 4 on the power play. Seattle was 0 for 2. Elvis was back in net for this game, saved 28 to 31 for a 903 save percentage. I got to say, I got to say, Elvis was not bad. Like, he was actually pretty good. He stood on his head. He made some really, really good saves. I give the kid enough shit. But um, that night, the only thing I didn't like was after the 2 nothing, um, when he lost it a little bit for no reason because he was really, really playing well. Um, but other than that, I got to give him props. He played really solid, good hockey. Yeah, well, I don't know what the hell was that whole little incident there because, like, he flung the puck out of the net and then Line A said something and then Branson said something. And then we had to see that they had a kumbaya moment that it's all good, bud. What what the fuck went on on that one? Yeah, apparently the coaching staff had to calm down good Branson on the bench. I, I don't know. Probably just a heated moment coming from a shitty season tension in the locker room. Same yeah. old shit. Let's 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 write it down to that. I guess that's fair. Wish good Branson would take those little heated sessions of his out on somebody wearing the other jersey every once in a while. He's what dropped the gloves two. twice this year. Yeah, dude. Well, one, who did he racked all there? That was hilarious. He should Arbor Jacky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, it was Pizzetta. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was Pizzetta. He ragdolled. Um, but I mean, we talked a little bit about betting on the Vancouver game, but I mean, you sent me a, uh, text before the Seattle game, telling me to take the Seattle puck line. And then for those of you that listened last week, I also had another bet on this game. Neff, who do you not see on the score sheet for that? Yeah. Well, he was well, on the score sheet. He was on the score was, sheet. Yeah. He was, uh, he was on the right, in the wrong column. So I owe you $50, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. You want cash app or Venmo? Uh, what about a half low job? Ah, I'll take it. That's about fifty bucks, right? Yeah, no teeth. Yeah, I'll I'll Venmo <laughs> I'll Venmo you here the other day. <laughs> yeah, that game, I tell you what, I we were we were texting back and forth before that one. I just after the way that Vancouver game went with the quick turnaround, I was like, slam the puck line. Don't even screw with the money line, slam the puck line. And I actually coupled that into a five game parlay where I took all puck lines that day and hit all five games. So we went to bed really happy after that one, considering 
the outcome of the game, at least my bank account was happy. So, I mean, finishing this game up, we've got uh, we got the week ahead, but should we just go ahead and retitle that the day ahead? We might as well because huh. we are coming up on the All-Star break. So we literally have one game this week. And that game would be tomorrow if you're listening to this on Monday night. If not, it's today. So we're going to host the Washington Capitals in good old Nationwide Arena. Sonny Milano. Yeah, Sonny Milano comes back again. Two previous matchups this season. The Capitals took it to us 6-2 at home. And then we played one of our better games of the season, but still came out on the short end, one nothing in Washington three days later. What do you guys see happening in this third matchup of the year with the Washington Capitals? Ovi in three. Ovi <laughs> breaks the record tomorrow night. I mean, we said it the last time when Ovi played um, played us, right? So um, I think this time he's legit going to get to 894 in one game. Did he score? Did he score the last time they were here? Because I know he did. the one other game, it wasn't him. Did he get one? Yeah, he got one. Yeah, yeah, from the from his office, if I'm not from mistaken. That sounds about right. Yeah. Speaking of yeah, that, I, did you guys see the video going around of the uh, Washington power play? Everybody's moving around, and he's just standing there, just standing there waiting, waiting, waiting. <laughs> They're I mean, covering him. Puck comes old. to him. It's top shelf. <laughs> right, it's crazy. I mean, he he's he plays old. that he, he, yeah he plays that same spot on both power play unit one and two. He just stands there like, give me the puck, give me the puck. Every, Crap, I gotta go touch up. It. Everybody knows it, and, and, and there still ain't nothing you can do about it. Right, right, it's nuts. Well, but it's hey, ridiculous. to back to your I, question, I, back to your question, I I predict. Um, what do you always say? What do you predict? I predict pain. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm gonna stick to predicting pain because hey, the caps have been up and down. I'm not even sure how how good they've been lately, but um, they always fuck us in the ass at home. So that's gonna be another fuckery. Yeah, I just and it seems like anytime a team takes that long road trip, either it's to Western Canada or when they do the West Coast swing out in California. You know, when, especially when you're playing four games and five days or four games in six days. And then when you got to travel all the way back across the country to get back home, it's usually not good that first game back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think the, uh, the Caps are going to win this. I'm going to say five to two. Five yeah, I got, two. What do you think, Zach? I got four uh, one caps, two goals by Ovi, one by TJ Oshi, and one from Tom Wilson. No, no, is, is he back yet? I thought he was out again. I thought he was still. I thought he was back. He was in and out. He, I think he didn't play Saturday, um, but he might be back tomorrow. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, if not, it's. I don't see it going well. Coming back off that long road trip, the last two games were not great. You got Johnny Gaudreau dealing with the fact that he got drilled in the ribs by a puck, so he's not 100%. It's just 
we're calling up and sending down defenders from Cleveland again like crazy. I mean, those things, the, those guys go up and down more in the stock market. I just think that the consistency is worn away to the point that after that long trip, it's not going to be pretty. So I will be taking Washington on the puck line. Now I think it's going to be more like 4-2 because Marchenko and Kent Johnson got to keep the streak of young kids scoring alive. So yeah, you're going our to last... say Mar- Mar- Sorry, Zach, go ahead. I was going to say our last five goals have come from rookies. It's been yep. Johnson, Marchenko, Johnson, Marchenko, Marchenko. So it's... if if Marchenko scores tomorrow, then he's going to have as many goals as Patrick Laine. On and Boone Jenner, yeah. Patrick Laine um, and Boone Jenner are both at 14. He sits at 13. And he'll still be 16 points short because of the lack of assists. <laughs> I just, dude, I want him to get what is the the record's what sixteen? Yeah, yeah, I have six, no six, idea. Six, sixteen goals without an assist to start your career. The record's from nineteen seventeen eighteen season. So three yep. more to tie, four crazy? to break it. I want four more goals before he gets an assist, and then he can what? just go dude, point that's... crazy. Right. And I, I mean, let's be honest here. He's shooting. His shooting percentage is really. He's shooting so high right now. I think around thirty percent. It's gonna come down, but only after he scores four more, four more goals without an assist to to crack that record. That would be awesome. And I mean, what did I tell Kyle a couple weeks ago? He's gonna finish his season with what? Tw- I said. I think I said twenty-two goals, no assists. Yeah, I think he said twenty-four zero <laughs> and twenty-four. I don't know. It's just phenomenal. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, a guy that just – there's goal scorers out there, but sometimes they accidentally get assist on, like, tip-ins and stuff. But, like, nothing is happening in front of the guy. He's just literally just straight taking the puck, putting it in the back of the net, or he's the one getting the tip-in. I mean, I've never – have you ever seen anything like this? No. Simple answer, absolutely not. I mean, all of those records were from the – from the 1910s and 20s and 30s, right? This hasn't happened recently at all. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, the the record is 1917-18, and then I think the other two guys that were at 12 and 13, which he's now tied for second, was like 1922-23 for third place, and I think 1926-27 or 27-28 for the second place guy. So they're all pre-1930. Hell, the one so guy no, that's in I've... second, the initials beside his name for the team he played for is like PIR. I don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> well, yeah, so, and... so to answer your question, no, I have never seen anything like that because I'm not that old. I mean, well, Boomer I mean, probably seen... has, but I haven't. I mean, I I can't even remember <laughs> a guy. I can't even remember a guy getting like nine or ten without an assist. It, it's ridiculous. It's just, I mean, we've heard the hype for four years and it's just absolutely great to actually see what we've been told about this guy. It's all coming true. He is that quick, hard shot right winger that is just a scoring machine. And the guy is getting better and better every game. You can see it clicking more and more. I mean, he found himself on the first line and getting 17 minutes a game instead of on the third and fourth line getting six minutes a game. So, 
it's it's clicking and the coaching staff is actually seeing it click and they're finally just letting him run with it and it's it's just so much fun to watch for a season that sucks as bad as this season sucks he is that one bright spot we've been looking for yeah and i mean you can you can see he's still uh, got a lot to learn because he made some mistakes i think on the power play on Saturday, and then he got demoted away from the first line plot. But he played a majority of, of the minutes, uh, top line minutes, which is great. So I'm um, really excited to see him grow here. Oh, man, I can't wait. But after we get done with our one game this week, we're going to have a few days off. And then the NBA, or the NBA, good Lord. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm that's, that's where I've been winning all my monies on the NBA. The NHL is going to have their all-star festivities this weekend. Uh, Friday night, you will have the skills competition at 7 o'clock. And then Sunday, you'll have the all-star game itself. The Pacific will take on the Central at 3 o'clock, followed by the Metro versus the Atlantic at 4 o'clock. And then the winners will play for the all-star title at 5 p.m. Uh, our lone representative this year is Johnny Gaudreau. Do we think Johnny Gaudreau is going to actually go down and play in that, or is this rib injury something more significant than we think they're letting on? Yeah, I don't know. He didn't practice today, so it could be. Um, I mean, nothing's going to help us more right now than a minor Johnny Gaudreau injury. Uh, just, you know, helping that tank rank, but. Yep. Ugh. I mean, so isn't there a rule that if you play in the last game before the break, you have to go? I think that's that's an actual rule. If I'm not there, there is a rule in there now. There, there is a rule, but if you are legitimately injured, you can not go. So if this thing flares up and it is worse than they thought, he can get out of it. But if you just straight skip the All Star game now, you get a one game suspension. Usually, Alex Ovechkin misses the first game after the All Star break every year because he he doesn't like kids. He's like, fuck them kids. I don't want to go to the All-Star game. <laughs> I'm Russian. Well, I know I mean, no, no likey American kids. <laughs> well, I know his big his big ordeal was when Bettman wouldn't let them play in the Olympics. So if he wouldn't let him go to the Olympics, he skipped the All-Star game. He's kind of the reason why they created this rule. Matter of fact, a few years ago, we played Washington first game after the All-Star break, and Ovechkin was suspended. Because I remember watching that game going, where the hell's Ovechkin? And I looked into it. I was like, oh, shit, that's right. He got suspended for one game for skipping the All-Star game. Yeah, I, I don't think the All-Star game's ever much to watch. I don't know what their ratings are like on it, but I'm sure it's not extremely high. Yeah, they just do I mean, it's three on kids, three. Right? Yeah. I prefer, me, myself, I prefer the skills competition Friday night. Uh, the all-star game does nothing for me, but I enjoy the skills competition. Some of the stuff they're talking about doing this year, uh, because it's in Sunrise, Florida, home of the Panthers, which this will be the first time that building's been sold out in, what, 30 years? Um, <laughs> but they're supposed to have dunk tanks, and you're going to shoot pucks at the target on the dunk tanks. They're supposed to have a floating green that they're going to somehow – either shoot pucks or they're going to combine like golf and hockey and you're going to shoot at a floating green. And then rumor is they're going to have a skill where you shoot like meat pucks. I guess that'd be like a hamburger. I don't know, but a meat puck 
at like alligators. Like, huh? What the hell? (laughs) I mean, this intrigues me. Oh yeah, and and they had Steve Mayer, the um, the head of content of the NHL on Thirty Two Thoughts the podcast. He talked about this dude, fucking hilarious. Yeah, he comes up with this shit. I I love it. I I can't wait. But I'm I'm right there with you. The skills challenge is what I'm interested in. The actual game doesn't do it for me. But man, I can't wait to see people being dunked in a dunk tank and people shooting shooting meat pucks. That sounds great. Yeah, the floating green one you talked about is probably going to kind of be like the one they did with the uh, Fountains of the Bellagio last year where they're sitting there trying to sauce passes into the discs in the right. middle of the fountain there. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Somebody on Twitter, I'd love to give this person credit, but I don't remember who it was. They asked if you could dunk anyone in a dunk, t- any hockey player in a dunk tank, who would your choice be? And obviously I said Jeff Carter. And then I said, but I don't want no protective fence or plexiglass or anything in front of the tank in case I accidentally pull it left, just let him eat it. <laughs> well, I wouldn't even aim. I would just straight up walk there and just dunk, like put my fist on the target and let him slide in because I wouldn't hit the target anyway, but I would want to see them win. But it's a good question. Yeah. Who, who would that be? Probably, I mean... Let's just say um, many people will say Tom Wilson for sure. Um, Tom Wilson and go... Brad Marchant were the two names I saw the most on that tweet. Right. I'm going to say Pierre-Luc Dubois just for the shit, just for shits and giggles. So who would be your yeah. number one choice to do, Zach? Shit, I was right there with you on PLD. Um, fucking yeesh. And that's that's right up you guys' alley. I'm a little bit older than you guys. That's why I'm going Jeff Carter. A little Not bit. Jeff Carter. <laughs> now we got the two united. Don't get me wrong. I still like PLD. I don't hate him as much. Well, I don't like him, but I don't hate him as much as other people do. But I would like to see him um, give an interview after he got dunked because the guy can't speak <laughs> for shit. So that's my reason. Uh, we'll yeah, go ahead and change a- my... He's still not as big a villain to me as Jeff Carter and Adam Foote. Yeah, we'll go ahead and change my answer to Max Domi for shitting all over Columbus in the media. <laughs> good one. Good one. Three I like excellent it. Choices. Yeah. Yeah. Three excellent choices. So this is going to lead us into our final segment before we get into our degenerate corner. But let's talk about the tank rank standings. Woo! For those of you wondering what the tank rank is, that's the reverse power rankings, also known as who's first place in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Well, we come into this week, and instead of going 32-31, we're going to do this bad boy backwards. In first place, your CBJ have played 50 games. They have a record of 15-32-3 for 33 points. The Chicago Blackhawks come in at number two. They have 48 games played, which means they have two games in hand, and they're 15, 29, and 4 for 34 points. The Anaheim Ducks, 50 games played, 16, 29, and 5, give them 37 points. And then the Arizona Coyotes, also known as Batman's Baby, have 50 games played with a record of 16, 28, and 6 for 38 points. And Anaheim and Arizona did me a solid the other night because I texted you, Mike, and I said, man, it's tied 1-1. If Arizona can, or if Anaheim can pull this out in overtime, 
that gives us a three-point game and puts two points between or three points between all of us. And they sure as hell did it. It was the Ducks that you said, and the Ducks pulled it off in overtime, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And that gave and, them yeah, 37 and Arizona 38. Right. It was great. And also for our rankings. I mean, couldn't have wished for anything better. And if we ever want to suck and we keep on saying this, it's the season to suck. So everybody who's listening to this and hating on us for how can you wish your team to lose and blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. This is the season where we want to lose. And this is the only fucking thing we can revel in because that's the only exciting part consistently this season. We want to suck. And I love it because I hope we don't have to endure this anytime soon anymore. So I'm actually loving it. I just need the Blackhawks to do a little bit better. Well, they got yeah, two games I mean, in hand. If they can get one or two points out of that, that still gives us a little bit more of a cushion. So as long as we stay behind them and they have games in hand, I'm not even worried. Yeah, right now the worst we're drafting is third. So that leaves us with, I mean, Fantilli and Leo Carlson or maybe Matt David Mitchkov because it seems like Yarmo's drafting strategy is bringing in a chimpanzee with a crayon and letting him pick. <laughs> But <laughs> last time we did that was drafting Filatov, right? And we all know how that worked. So great. <laughs> but yeah, what what color crayon do you think Mitchkov would use? Green. Blue. Green. He's he's uh, wanting red. to see that money. He's wanting I'm to going, see that money. I'm going red purple. and white. Green. That's right. He's Russian. Red and white. <laughs> it's it's probably red and yellow. <laughs> It's not going to be blue and yellow. Oh, too soon. <laughs> I don't know. I just – I know with where we're at right now, I mean, they talk about three centers in this draft with, with Connor Bedard, Fantilli, and Leo Carlson. If you could stay in dead last, you're guaranteed one of those three. And that's that's best-case scenario for us is one of those three centers. And if this is what it takes – Give me some competitive losses. Give me an occasional win here and there, and then give me the blowout that wins me some money. I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd be okay with losing out. Seriously, that too. I mean, what? Whatever. I don't know, man. It's hard. It's hard to go to these games and spend the money you spend and just see L after L. So I, I like a home win every once in a while. Yeah, and let's let's win them on the road and not in fucking Edmonton, please. Yeah, what am at home, not on the road. You, you can lose right. every game on the road. Just give me a couple of W's here and there at home, a couple of competitive losses, a couple of overtime games. We'll take the one point, whatever. But just, man, don't don't screw this draft up. Do not do not put a six or eight game win streak together when it doesn't matter. That's what yeah, I'm just with. About. With Bally just going bankrupt, we might not even get to watch those road games. So okay. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we, we'll probably be able to watch favorite. the road games. We won't be able to watch the home games. <laughs> we can use well, a VPN I... and sneak into the other team's access. Should I make a sign when I go to Mullet Arena and watch the, the Jackets um, play the Yolts? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Uh, like, what, what should it say? We need some ideas. Everybody who's, who's listening to this, like, um, hit us up on Bucket and Boomer on Twitter and send us some suggestions. Um, the tickets are not that expensive, actually, so I'm going to make my way out there. It's only a five-hour drive, and I really want to see Mollet Arena. I think it's going to be a really good time. Um, unfortunately, it's on a Sunday night, so Monday is probably not going to be that fun. But 
<laughs> That's fine. So send us your idea for a creative sign, and then I'll draw this up with my with my crayons, like the, like Mitchkov would. Um, and then, yeah, maybe you'll see it on TV. Yeah, you could uh, steal of, uh, the. Oh, uh, go ahead, Zach. Oh, I was gonna say you could steal the Tyler Sagan sign from a couple years ago. The uh, "Hey, we sucked your dick in high school." Do you remember us? <laughs> Tell me which player. That would be hilarious, actually. Clayton Keller. <laughs> is Keller still there? I thought. Yeah, Dor Dvorak. First line left wing. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. I think that would definitely make it online for sure. <laughs> I'd definitely make it online. It ain't gonna be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, but speaking of road trips, uh, guess what news I got today, Mikey? Oh, you my, got, you got, did you my meeting? My meeting has been pushed up to February twenty seventh and twenty eighth, so I may be able to make our California Vegas trip that we've been talking about doing. That will be awesome, dude. That will be really, really cool. Actually, it's funny because uh, Needham, Justin Needham, shout out, a uh, friend of, of the pod, he just texted me today that um, he's got the, the Vegas tickets um, secured. So as soon as you know, we can get you in on that too. I'm hoping to know for sure by next Friday. And cool. if it works out, then we will work out the details and we will hit Anaheim, LA and Vegas, baby. Woo, Vegas, baby. Awesome. I've never been to Vegas. Vegas I have never oh, been to never? Vegas. It is never. so much fun. That's what Oof. I keep hearing. I have never been to Vegas. I'm a obviously, I'm a degenerate gambler. So right. I've honestly been scared to go to Vegas. But I've actually done so much better since sports gambling went legal than I thought I would. I've been able to control myself and make smart, educated bets instead of just throwing money at everything. And I've done pretty decent over the last three weeks. So right. I'm not as scared to go to Vegas as I was before. And now that everything is starting to fall into place with this meeting getting moved forward a month, it might be perfect timing to do this meeting, come back for a couple weeks, and then take a week off and head out to California. It will be awesome. I will drive you around California and uh, to Vegas. And Hey, if it's not gambling, we can always sit at a blackjack table until 6 a.m. and get totally plastered. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about one other topic. Bo Horvat got traded today. So yeah. all these dreams of him being our second-line center next year have just went out the window because I'm assuming – if Lou Amarillo made a deal to get Bo Horvat, it's going to come with an extension. We just won't know until like the season next season starts because Lou does a Lou things always. But hey, I think Friedman, by the way, somebody mentioned it earlier. I think it was you, Boom. He's the best insider yeah. in hockey. I love the guy. Um, he had it on the podcast that the Islanders might be in it because that's exactly what they need. They need they, they can't score goals. They have to work really hard for their goals. And Horvat has been on a on a fucking heater. So good for them. I would also assume that they probably signed him um, or have a good chance of signing him. Um, if not, then he's going to be a UFA in the offseason and can sign with, with whoever he, he chooses to. But I would assume Lou probably locked him up. Right. It's like you said, being Lou Amarillo, it's going to be one of those things that like free agency day is going to come and we're all going to be glued to our TVs and our phones. 
and we're just not going to hear anything about Bo Horvat. And then like the day before everything has to be turned in, we'll find out he got eight years at fucking seven and a half million or whatever they end up giving him. But the details on the deal is Bo Horvat goes to the Islanders for forward Anthony Bovier and prospect forward boy. I don't know how you do not know how you pronounce the name A A T U. A two ratty. And then a conditional first round pick in this year's draft that is top 12 protected. So if the Islanders don't make the playoffs and they go in the lottery, then the first round pick will go to next year. But that is that enough? Does that seem light? Yeah. Yeah. Beauvillier is a middle six forward. Uh, that prospects panned out to be a bottom end NHLer, um, and then the first, which I'm assuming the Islanders are going to miss playoffs this year. Uh, if, if somebody they do, sneaks it's protected, in, so they'll yeah, it'll go to the next year. year which uh, they're, I, which I, not, I've got a feeling that Horvat's not signing with them. I feel like Lou Amarillo just handed out a bunch of assets to clear cap. Because they were trying to get rid of Beauvillier last year and could not yeah, find not a landing spot trouble. for him. I yeah. Mean, realistically, they're only sitting two points outside of the playoffs right now. So. Right, and and that's only because they can't score. And that's why I'm like, I mean, I, I right. see where you're coming from, Zach. But if, if Horvat con- – and it's early. We're at the end of January. So he beat the trade deadline by a month. And that's going to help him a lot, right? So – if Horvat continues to do with them, uh, with the Isles, what he did with uh, with the Canucks here, then I, I think, man, um, this could propel them into the playoffs. I don't know. They're also battling with uh, fucking uh, Buffalo and Florida for those wild card spots. Not to mention Washington yeah, I mean, and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean the the gap between Florida. Florida, the Islanders, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Washington is a total of four points from first wild card to three spots out. And we they still have what thirty two games left. Uh, they got thirty That's a left, lot, man. Thirty left, right? So I mean, geez, dude, it's if Horvat can propel them and and continue what he does, then I wouldn't. They're an old team. I agree with you, and this is their last hurrah. And um, yeah, I don't know. I this might so, help him. Horvat's Horvat's probably going to play second C there behind Barzell. Yeah. Having a second line with him in the middle is that will that help propel Barzell? Because Barzell he only has 13 goals this season. Now he's got 30 or 31 assists, but he's only right. got 13 goals. Those are Blue Jacket numbers. Right. So maybe maybe Horvat is maybe they're gonna give um, Matt Barzell a little bit of a break so he can take a breather and, and maybe relax a little bit. Um, I, I think that's gonna help Barzell and, and we all know Barzell can score. So once he gets into his groove a little bit more, um, watch out because if you have a one two punch with, with Barzell and Horvat, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I mean, that gives and, you two scoring lines now. We know the Islanders play defense. They they have an excellent defense. They've got a solid goaltender. So, given, given them a second legit center, I mean, realistically, Barzell and Horvat, they, they could interchange one and two there. Do you want to go grid or do you want to go speed and skill? You, you could flip-flop those two. 
and either one could be line one, line two. They're basically going to be line one A and one B, and then they're going to have a three and four line. So I think it's a great move for the Islanders. A little disheartening because I really wanted Horvat. But I wanted him as a UFA. I didn't want to give up a bunch of shit to get him. Right. And, I mean, there's still Dylan Larkin and Adrian Kempe in the free agent market, assuming they don't sign. And and let's be honest. Dylan Larkin's it, looking, exactly. rumor is Larkin's looking for 9.15 for eight years. Well, if he goes free agent, he's only going to get seven years. But he's looking and for look, a, an AAV around 9.15. And I think Stevie doesn't bite on this. I think if, if, if Larkin doesn't give in, um, I think Zach Wierenski is going to be worth his nine and a half million because he's going to bring us Dylan. I hope. Yeah, and that's, man, that's, I that's hope. a pipe. That's a pipe dream, but holy shit, wouldn't that be awesome? And then we the get Bedard la- as well. <laughs> oh, the last man, thing Bedard. I saw on it was uh, Stevie Y offered him 775, and he's refusing to budge. Yeah, it's a big gap, dude. And that's and that's good for everybody else because we know Stevie Y isn't going to budge. No, he won't. I mean, he, he he's he's done this in the past. You think Yarmo? is hardcore when it comes to UFAs or free agents in general or just contracts all the way around. Stevie Y and Lou Amarillo are known as the two most difficult guys to sign a contract with. Stevie so Y is more – he's more stubborn than a 50-year-old 50, 50 female donkey. <laughs> so, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. That's one of those, you know – Freaking free agent day, I will have the radio on, the TV on. I don't know. Every once in a while, I take that day off. If it starts getting close and it sounds like we actually have a shot, you better believe I'll be sitting right here at home watching that one on TV just waiting. That's the day you got Elliot Friedman's notifications turned on. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I got his on every day just because that dude is him. And uh, uh, my favorite one, I mean – you got to have Friedman's on. You got to have Weeks on because they tend to break a lot of it. And uh, but fucking Mike Commodore, dude, where does he get his info? Hashtag pack your shit. I mean, when it comes <laughs> to trade deadline, when it comes <laughs> to trade deadline and UFA, that dude is in the know somehow. He's he's got he's a hilarious dude. He's well connected um, still to all the players. I think that's where he gets his scoops. Um, but he's he's the insider. <laughs> so good so good i don't know it'd be interesting to see all this free agent stuff plays out see if we can make a splash and get a center this year it'd be nice but let's uh let's roll on down into our new favorite segment we're gonna go into degenerate corner not a lot of hockey this week so where are nope. you guys putting your money uh, so, I mean, obviously the, uh, Washington puck line, money line, uh, OV anytime goal scorer, but if they've got individual bets open for the all-star games and for the skills comps, I'm taking McDavid on, uh, uh the accuracy. No, he's not doing fastest skater this year. Oh, uh, McDavid on the accuracy competition. Yeah. McDavid decided to opt out of the fastest skater this year. Sue stating he wanted to do a different event and stated he wanted to do accuracy shooting. So uh, I'm taking him in that event. All right. Okay. 
I'm going to say, so we all know that Boston has had a really good season, but they've lost two in a row now, I think, for the first time three. ever this season. Three. three. Sorry, three. Three in a row. So they have their last game before the um, before the All-Star break on Wednesday, February 1st. So right in time for all of you with a day or two to spare, even when you listen to this. They played the behated fucking Toronto shit Leafs, which I hate almost more than the Pittsburgh Penguins. And we all know what happens when the Bruins play the Leafs, right? Especially with yeah, the Bruins. Um, three three, three uh, lost games in a row just before a break. I think the Bruins are going to fucking thrash Toronto. So I would put some money on the Bruins on Wednesday. Just money line. Straight up money line. Without a lot of hockey, obviously coming off this road trip, going to the Nationwide Arena tomorrow, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer the Capitals, and I'm probably gonna hammer the puck line. I'm probably gonna make the same bet on the puck line, and then a little bit bigger on the money line to hedge my bet, just in case something crazy happens. But I don't see no way coming back off this road trip that we don't lose this game. But a little other tip I got for you is. NBA, I have been betting the parlays on Golden State with Steph Curry scoring 30 plus and Clay Thompson scoring 20 plus plus for the last week and a half. And they have hit every freaking night but one. I have made so much money off the Golden State Warriors and I absolutely hate them. But dude, whenever you see that parlay, and it says Golden State money, especially if they're at home. They don't have a great road record. But at home, money line, Steph Curry, 30 points. Clay Thompson, 20 points. It happens eight out of nine times. I know so nothing about the NBA. So you could, you me could tell I me just that, know that, that bet hits like crazy. Uh, so you could tell me that Santa plays for the Wizards and I would buy it. I would totally buy it. But hey, it sounds if they keep on hitting this, um, put some money on the curry for sure. Yeah, I'm I hit enough money on Golden State yesterday to cover all of my NFL bets. Like Brock Purdy getting hurt screwed up every 49ers bet. The Bengals not winning screwed up every AFC bet. So like I made enough money on Golden State to cover all my NFL bets, and I still ended up fifteen dollars ahead after losing one hundred and twenty bucks on the NFL. Nice, nice. Yeah, so. Neff, I'm right there with you on basketball. I mean, fucking twenty points to Gryffindor. I... <laughs> <laughs> Does he still play? <laughs> Who, who's t- which team is he with now? <laughs> oh, oh man, but it's yeah, crazy. So... Um, I just wanted to say, like, I didn't watch a minute of the Bengals game yesterday. I was on the on the road with my girlfriend here, um, but I heard it was rigged. Is that, are those rumors true? No, no, they just pissed no. It, it was it was not pretty. Don't get me wrong; it was not pretty. But you can't bitch about losing that game and blame it on the refs when you bring in a Dollar Tree offensive line and one of your best players the entire game on defense makes the biggest bonehead play of the game and probably his career you don't touch the quarterback when he's out of bounds period 
So those two plays, I mean, there's a lot of controversy over a third down play where nobody could hear the whistles because Arrowhead Stadium is so freaking loud. Nobody could hear the whistles, but you see the replay. The back judge comes in. He's waving his hands, blowing the whistle. He blew the play dead before it ever happened. But what sucks is they didn't convert, so they had to come out and punt, but the play never happened. And it's all the head official's fault because he said on the previous play, I don't know if there was a review or what happened, but he said they had to or they had to replace the ball. It was off by half yard. They replaced the ball, and he said himself that reset the play clock to 10, reset the game clock to whatever, and that both clocks will start on my go, which was wrong. It should have just been the play clock. The game clock shouldn't have started. Well, when the game mm-hmm. clock started, the other official came in and blew the play dead, which there's replay. The guy came in. The play never happened. He blew it dead. Just nobody could hear because Arrowhead is the loudest football stadium in America. Wow. But you give Patrick Mahomes another try, and they stop him again. They sack him. But Eli hmm. Apple gets called for defensive holding. No. So they get an automatic first down. So Bengals fans hmm. are losing their mind. The, if the referee would have started just the play clock instead of the other clock, it never would have happened. But if the other official could have been heard, the play would have never happened anyway. If Eli yeah. Apple doesn't commit a stupid defensive holding, it doesn't matter anyway. But when you give up five sacks on your superstar elite quarterback because you got injuries everywhere and your backup linemen are absolute trash, you can't blame anybody but yourself. Yeah, They lost yeah. that game in the trenches. Period. And that's and, uh, from somebody who lost money on it. So, yeah. And oh, yeah. yeah. I had cleaned up with a Bengal win. I mean, the Bengals score a half point more and win that game. I make a lot of money, but they didn't deserve that game. And it's, I, I honestly, I blame the mayor of Cincinnati. That stupid yeah, proclamation he put on Twitter saying that they're going to Burrowhead Stadium, which also came from fucking Eli Apple. And that Joe Burrow needed to take a paternity test because there's rumors that he's Patrick Mahomes' dad. Dude, that shit blew up. And to watch Travis Kelsey, who is from Cleveland, Ohio, and went to the University of Cincinnati, he is a Bearcat, to straight up call out everybody, Burrow head my ass, tells the mayor, know your role, shut your damn mouth, you jabroni. I mean, he just... (laughs) called him out on live television and I couldn't help. I just kept tweet after tweet. I kept tagging the fucking mayor of Cincinnati in it like this. And I, <laughs> I started the hashtag blame the mayor. I mean, it was, I they, that's, they that's built exactly the bulletin board. Wanted to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, that's they what I was going for. Board. People say bulletin board material doesn't make a difference. The fuck oh, it, it doesn't does. because as soon as that oh, game was sure. over, that's all they could talk about. It does. Yep. And then I saw the meme where they got the dad with the little kid on his shoulders and somebody photoshopped Patrick Mahomes as the dad and the mayor of Cincinnati as the little kid. It was fucking hilarious. Well, hey. But, yeah. It is what it is. That game's over. So who are you guys rooting for in the Super Bowl? Oh, uh, man. Not all. So <laughs> who you guys couldn't, so I couldn't care first. less. I think I'm going to take the Philly money line. It's just going to be fun to watch Jason and Travis Kelsey play against each other, though. That's one yeah, plus. Yeah. 
I, I think I'm going to support your steps on here and go with the Eagles. But I, I honestly, I couldn't give like I couldn't care less. I think it will. I, I, I do like most like just because he's so fucking he, his arm is incredible. But I couldn't give fewer shits about Kansas and, and the Chiefs. So I'm like, eh, eh, it's just a Super Bowl, I guess. Yeah, I think, I mean, from a personal point of view, I really don't care about either team. I don't like either one of them, but I really don't want to listen to CB Jacob talk shit for another year because all I've had to <laughs> hear about fair. is the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, and I honestly <laughs> don't think Jalen Hurts is him, like they keep saying. I don't think he's that great. It's because um, he's not. And you give and you give Mahomes – I mean, we saw what he did on one week on that ankle, just sitting for one week. Now he gets two weeks to rest it. And, I mean, that dude showed out on a bad leg. You gave him two weeks to heal. I don't see how he doesn't do it again. You give Kelsey two weeks to heal because he's dealing with back issues and still balled out. So if I'm going to put my money down, I'm probably going to put it on Kansas City. But from a personal side, I could care less who wins. Just have good commercials. Right. And hopefully Rihanna's lost all the baby weight. Oh, that's right. She's singing the super uh, the halftime show. That's right. Hopefully yeah, she doesn't uh, sing her, her new. Hopefully she doesn't sing her new song because that's fucking boring. But here we are. Uh, it's come. It's come to the point where. Uh, what are we gonna talk about next week with almost no hockey going on? I mean, we're talking. We've been talking uh, about football already for ten minutes here. So next <laughs> week's gonna be cool. Well, <laughs> we're gonna talk about all star festivities. Yeah, and about my. We might have a competition going on with intern Brenda. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're we're working on that. But it's going to be a big episode of the week ahead. (laughs) Brianna Brianna is going to drink some beers with you, Zach? Quite possibly. I love me some Brianna. I tell you what, I'm not big on that kind of music, but I do like Rihanna. I do. I do like We say we wrap this up, boys. Let's get on out of here. So, uh, got one more little read here for our sponsors sports betters your favorite sports book bet us is back for our 29th year of nfl action live in-game betting incredible odds with daily odds boosters props and parlays fast payouts and exceptional one-on-one customer service we got it all click the link on our pinned tweet at the top of the bucket and boomer page that'll take you straight to bet usa where the games begin put all your super bowl bets on bet us well, boys, that big, I think that's going to wrap up the episode. So, you got any final words before we get on out of here? Thanks for listening, and go Tankathon. tankathon. Yeah, keep pushing that tank rank. Well, on behalf of uh, Big Booner Zach and the Swiss Mr. Mike Neff, I'm Little Boomer saying, peace, love, and hockey. <laughs> <laughs>